As a church body, we are doing everything we possibly can to minister. And these are trying times to do ministry because so many, so many obstacles are there and we're having to change the way we do ministry. And sometimes it's frustrating, but God loves to push us outside of our comfort zone for a reason. And we're thankful for that, to be able to reach out and, and touch the lives of, of, of those who need us. I think about the, the story of the young man that was out at a public park and there was a, a lake on the park and people were out in boats and there's a lady out in her boat on the lake and her boat capsized and she began to scream, I can't swim, somebody save me. And the young man jumped in the water and swam out there and he reached out and the lady was flailing and he grabbed her hair and she had a wig on. He swam back, and he laid the wig on the bank, and he swam back out there, and he grabbed at her again. He got her leg. It was an artificial leg. He came back with that, and he laid it there, and as he was swimming out the third time, he screamed back to the people on the bank watching. He said, will somebody help me save all of this lady? I can. Well, I, I feel that way in this pandemic. We want to reach out to our community and, and touch as many lives as possible. And sometimes it's, it's difficult to do that, but, but we're doing it. We've changed the way that, that we've done things. We were, we were going to live stream the worship service this morning, but the camera didn't come in yesterday, so we're going to do that next week. It, it shows up on our website about three or four hours after our service. We put it up there. Uh, you can also access us on Alex FM. We are also thankful that we put every service in this church and every class uh, within reason where you can access them. Uh, we've started preparing sermons uh, to go out to the folks that, that attended our 2 o'clock Sunday school class at Cedar Hill. Mr. Bob Owen taught our first class last uh, Wednesday, and we took the DVD out there, and, and I told them, I said, now put that up so they can watch this uh, uh, Sunday. And uh, we're trying to do everything we can to reach everyone we can so that nobody is neglected in any way. In fact, this morning, Harriet Teal had our first Sunday school class uh, on Zoom, and I'm anxious to hear from her how that went. Uh, because she told me, she said, I just retired, I walked away from running a library and teaching English, and now I've got all this technology thrown at me. But she was excited to get her class together in any way she could. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a church that, that loves and, and leads in that way, and we're going to keep doing that until this comes to uh, an end, and we'll adapt in whatever we, way we may as we go along. I want to continue talking to you about the potential of prayer because during the beginning of all these problems, I began to think about prayer and the power of prayer and the importance of prayer. The fear that was on the hearts of many people as all this started because we didn't know where this was going. We had no idea how it would impact us. And if you listen to the wrong voices, you could become terrified quickly. So I want to think about how God speaks to us by looking at this story 
of a remarkable man, Simon Peter, and how God was working in his life. When has God surprised you by his intervention in your life? Have you prayed and, and sought God out, and, and when he answered your prayer, you were almost astonished or a little bit shocked? Are you still praying for God to answer a prayer, and you're struggling with it? That is a, a situation that all of us go through. I've had people tell me, I can't believe this is happening. God is, is, is working, and, and his answer is better than what I asked for. That's the God we serve. When Mary was with child and she was petrified because she knew that at, at the least Joseph could, could walk off and divorce her, at the most she could be stoned and accused of adultery. But the angel that spoke to her explained to her what God was doing. And you remember the last thing that angel said to her? He said, with God, nothing is impossible. We've got to remember that. God has a way of working in our lives when we least expect it. In this situation where hope was almost gone, Simon Peter found himself in such an awkward state. You see, Herod had already planned to execute Simon Peter. He had gotten such a success out of James's execution, he was prepared to move forward. He was getting the pleasure and the adoration of the people he was there to serve, though he was under the, they were under the occupation of the Romans. He ruled the Jews, and there had not been a lot to be happy about with them. So suddenly they were pleased with him. And you know what was amazing? Simon Peter was in a place where there was nothing he could do to help himself. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He was, he was in jail. He was chained to a wall. He had, he had the, the number of guards around him that a mass murderer in their day would have guarding him before he was to be taken, judged, and executed. And there was nothing he could do whatsoever. Remember, Simon Peter was the one that always said he could do things and he could handle things. And he said, I'll be, the, I'll, be the la I'll be the first one to fight for you and the last one to run. And he did the opposite. But he's changed. A lot has changed in his life. He seemed abandoned by everyone at this point in his life, including God. The gates and the guards were there, but the reality is he was not afraid. I didn't realize it for many years when I read this, but Simon Peter didn't have any Psalmonex, but he was sound asleep. So asleep that when the light shone so brightly there, no doubt woke everybody but Simon Peter. And the angel had to strike him to wake him up. Some people have said that probably he was just so distressed and, and everything, he was exhausted. I don't think so. I, I, think, I think that he slept peacefully for a reason. I think we're seeing a different man here than the one we saw just before the crucifixion. 
I think God had dealt with his heart and his life in an amazing way. And, and he also knew that many of the church were gathered praying for him. But I know this also. Simon Peter's proof that God can take an ordinary person and create an extraordinary individual that will change things in the world. You know, he stood up, his chains fell off. They said when he got to the iron gate, it just opened. You know, we thought we invented the electronic door. Oh, no, God did a long time ago. He got him out of there, and he was in such a state he did not even know what was going on. When he got to John Mark's uh, uh, mother's house, and they knocked on the door, Rhoda was so excited she forgot to open the door and let him in when she ran back to tell everybody. They were upstairs praying for him. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, and this is not the point of the story. And the sermon's not going to focus on this, but I want you to think about this. They were praying for Simon Peter to be set free and not to die, and when it happened, they didn't believe it. Think about that. When you pray, what do you expect? Are you like the, the people that gathered in West Texas during the Dust Bowl in the Great Depression and they were praying for rain and they gathered in the town hall, they walked in after dinner and one and two people came and a family came and there were hundreds of people and finally the, the oldest lady in the community showed up and she walked in and she had on her rain suit, her galoshes, and her umbrella. And they looked at her, and some thought she was crazy, and she said, I'm serious about my prayers. Do you come prepared for God to work? It, it, it's so unusual. They said it, it's probably his angel, meaning his guardian angel. They had a, an ancient belief that was not rooted in truth and in the Old Testament, but they believed that everybody had a guardian angel and that that angel might be around for a day or two. But soon after your death, they'd be gone. Well, they didn't have enough faith to believe. But what I want to think about today is this. In our present condition, will God work on our behalf like he did for Simon Peter? And are we prepared for that? Are we prepared for God to work in that way? I think the first thing we need to realize is we've got to expect God to intervene. We can't simply sit around and read stories about it or talk about it or have people share with us their experience. Do you believe that God can intervene in your life, in your situation, in a way like this? God uses many different ways to step into our life and to influence our situation. All the time that, that these friends prayed for his release, apparently the greatest man of faith was Simon Peter. They didn't know if anything was going to happen. They weren't sure. They, they prayed and they were dealing with the aftermath of already losing a disciple. And they struggled with that. I understand their frustrations, but God honored their faithfulness in an amazing way and right away. And so often we don't see that. How long will you pray? 
when you're struggling with something? How long will you petition God and beg Him and sit in His presence and confess and forsake your sin and beg Him to make a difference? Out there sitting in His home listening to me right now is our friend Ralph Derryberry, one of the greatest men of prayer that I've ever met. You know the story. Twenty years he prayed for his son to come to God. And his son went about as far away as he could from God in rebellion. But Ralph never looked at his son and gave up. He prayed for 20 years. And God not only answered his prayer, but he put his son in a ministry that's touched thousands and thousands of people. People that a traditional minister wouldn't touch or access, they might give up on. But God has blessed that young man who grew up in this church. And we let him slip into an oblivion. It's amazing how many young people the church loses that way. But prayer brought him back. Thank God for a praying daddy. The 34th Psalm, Psalm tells us that the angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him to deliver them. God hears our prayers and He acts on our behalf. He will intervene. On the front porch of his little country store in Illinois sat Abraham Lincoln, a young man who was in, in partnership with a fellow named Barry. And Mr. Lincoln and Mr. Barry had opened a small store. And business was good. They sold everything that they owned, but the problem was it took everything that they had financially as money came in for them to live. And when everything was gone, they were broke. They were sitting on that front porch and they were talking as no customers were around. And Barry looked at Lincoln and he said, well, what do you think we should do? And and Abraham Lincoln, young Abraham Lincoln, said this. He said, I've been praying for days because I saw this coming and I realized that we've helped this person hungry here and this person who didn't have a crop there and this individual that, that was orphaned. And we've done good things, but we've forgotten about ourselves. And I've been asking God what he would have me to do. And he said, somehow God has put on my heart that I need to go into law because he may have something for me. Now imagine a, a, a skinny, lanky Abraham Lincoln with no beard sitting with a friend saying, I think God wants me to go in this direction. He said, but 
here's what I want to do. I want, to, I want us to be able to sell this business and have enough money that we sold it that we can, I can buy a copy of Blackstone's Law because he said that's the book you start out with. And if I can have that book and I can read it, it will prepare me to go in the direction that I need to go. And I think I can get into school if I can have a copy of that book. Barry looked at, uh, at Lincoln and he said, well, how much money do you have? And he reached in his pocket and he had 50 cents. He said, well, we're going to have to make some money when we sell this store. Off in the distance was coming a wagon. And it was a family who had lost everything and they loaded all their worldly possessions onto this wagon, pulled by a mule. And when they got up there, they said, we don't even have money to eat and we've got two days ride to get to where we're going. And they said, we only have one thing we can sell. And they rolled off the wagon this great big barrel. They said, it's got a bunch of stuff that was in the attic of our home that belonged to my aunt. And we don't know what it is and we really don't care, but will you give us 50 cents for it? Now, Lincoln, not really using the business acumen that you should use, reached in his pocket, handed them the 50 cents, and he said, y'all eat and stay alive while you're going where you're headed. Barry looked at him and he said, now I know why we're broke, but I don't know why I picked you as a business partner. As the wagon lumbered off, Lincoln went over and said, well, let's see what's inside. And he began to pull out one thing after the other. And guess what was in the bottom of the barrel? A new copy wrapped in brown paper of Blackstone's commentary on English law. Abraham Lincoln told that story as a part of his speech after his acceptance speech the first time for President of the United States. He said this. He said, I stood there holding the book and looking up toward the heavens. There came a deep impression on me that God had something for me to do and He was showing me now that I had to get ready for that. He said, why else would God perform a miracle like that. Thank God that that man prayed and the 16th president of the United States was there and listened. The second thing we've got to realize when we reach out to God is deliverance comes in God's time, not our time, in His time. Why can't He answer the first time we pray, someone asked. Why can't he give us a clue so we won't get so stressed? Will we exercise faith and patience? Boy, is that rare. 1 Peter 1.7 says that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perisheth. Do you know why it says that? Because trusting God is developed in waiting upon God. Remember... God does not look at a watch or a calendar to decide. He looks at the circumstances of our life. 
And how can we know things will be okay? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who the, to those who are called according to his purpose. And in knowing that, we don't fear and we don't question, we trust. And Simon Peter was resting, no doubt, on that idea. But lastly, I want you to realize this. You've got to accept God's perfect will, whatever it is. And it may not be what you want. God may take you in a direction you never imagined. He, he always blesses us more than we anticipate or expect. Always. That's just the way it works. Can you believe that God could answer your prayer today? Do you trust him? Do you think he can do that? Can you reach out to him and know that things are going to be okay? I hope you can. I hope you know that, that he loves you just that much. We get into the habit of praying and praying over a period of time, and, and then the answer comes, and we're not ready for it. Sometimes we pray, and it doesn't come the way we want, and we don't even recognize it. Scripture is so unusual. You know, I can read a book and put it aside and I can remember the plot of the book and the characters in the book and kind of where it's going to go and then I can read it later and I'll see something I'll say, oh, yeah, I remember that. But the Bible doesn't work that way. I can read a passage that I've studied multiples of times and felt that somehow I comfortably had exegeted that and I understood everything about it. And then I can go back to that text and read it again and see something I never, ever imagined would have been there. God does that. There is within this story a secret that many of us have never embraced because Simon Peter was asleep for a reason. He had accepted God's perfect will. He was prepared to be executed. If that happened, it happened. It was God's way. If you remember later on in his life, Simon Peter is going to be executed. When he is found guilty, and this time there was enough evidence to convict him of being a follower of Christ... When they executed him, they were going to crucify him. And he said this. He said, I am not worthy to die as my Lord died. And they crucified him upside down because he requested it. He had learned a great lesson. Is God calling you to live as though he had already answered your prayer that you're praying? This is the response of genuine faith. To live that way. To pray and not hope, but to pray and know. To, to have a concern, but let go of that concern in your prayers. To know that already on the other side, there's deliverance that's mighty and magnificent from God and better than anything that we ever could expect. That's what prayer and patience is all about. A long time ago, I read this on a brochure as we were traveling through the West. 
I was a young teenager, and I tore it out, and I kept it, and I still have it wrapped up in a group of quotes that I've kept. It said that vultures fly over the landscape looking for dead carcasses. They rely on those for food. They have incredible eyesight, and they can spot a dead animal miles away. But also over that same land fly hummingbirds. They're looking for flowers to feed on. They're attracted by the bright colors, and they consume the nectar. And they're entertaining. I love to watch them, especially in groups when they gather together. Vultures fly over flowers, and hummingbirds fly over dead animals. But they only notice what they're looking for. Should we not be a little bit like that? If you're looking for the negative, gloomy, horrible, harsh, nasty part of life, you'll find it and you'll know it. And I can guarantee that it will affect you. However, if you're looking for a positive, joyful life, You want to find God and you want to have an attitude that trusts Him implicitly. And you want to live like the hummingbird. Looking for the beauty and the sweetness of life and enjoying every minute of it. You'll do that also. It's possible for two people to be in exactly the same circumstances and find one terrible situation and the other find a positive situation. The ugliness and the beauty of life are both there, often side by side. But what you're looking for determines very often the outcome. Abraham Lincoln had already looked up and he found the joy that only God can give. When you trust God, it's, it's, somebody told me once, it's just natural to, for us to be with our Creator. And I said, it's natural, but it's also supernatural. Because God can act on our behalf in a way that no one, no one can. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you challenge us to have a faith in you that's unwavering. You challenge us to love you and to trust you, but to pour our hearts out to you. And I pray this morning that there's someone within the sound of my voice that struggled with a prayer life that seemingly goes nowhere. I pray that right now they'd understand the difference is in who we look to and what we look at. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide someone today to have a faith that is fixed on Jesus, knowing that he will give to us what is best and when it is best. 
And we will grow in a stature that will expect an angel and be prepared for God to work. Father, speak to someone today that's struggling with living in a world that is locked down and closed off, that's afraid, and they don't know what tomorrow holds. But I pray that they can speak to the God who created all of this, who is already standing in tomorrow, waiting for us. Father, speak to someone today, for I pray this in your holy name. Amen.